y'all. Welcome to episode three of Millennial Pastor. Episode three. Episode three. That sounds like a, that sounds like Star Wars. No trilogy. This will be our last one. Uh, we'll, no, Disney no, will buy us no. and we'll do it again. Oh yeah, if Disney buys us. We'll definitely do it again. We're going, we're By the way, we're looking for a sponsor. If you want to sponsor <laughs> us, we need trips to Disney World for um, our families. Well, we're coming at you from. Uh, Houston, Texas, here at Clear Lake. Yeah, Baptist and if you Church. want to hear us come from Orlando, you need to give us a thousand likes right now and <laughs> yeah. be our sponsor. And call Disney for us. <laughs> Wait, but or yeah. just be our sponsor. That's cool. Yeah, I'm John Aaron. I'm the lead pastor here at Clear Lake Baptist Church, and I'm Philip Gann. I'm the worship and youth minister here at Clear Lake Baptist Church. Awesome. So, episode three, the the growth episode. <laughs> the growth. <laughs> With this growth, yeah, yeah, it's an episode about growth and like what what our uh, kind of like kind of the the growth that we've seen since we've been here at this church and what we kind of expect and what we kind of where we're going as a church. Yeah, so when I came here, I thought, man, this was going to go one of two ways. Well, the th- one way was crash and burn, which I knew was not going to be the case because we were called here. <laughs> but the one of two ways I knew it was going to go was either going to be. Yeah, we're going to get there and God's just going to do this big outpouring and we're going to grow and it's, it's everything that we've planned and strategized, all the thing, all the ideas that we have, we're going to implement them and it's just going to grow. It's going to be huge. Now, you might experience that, but I did not experience that. Mm-hmm. The second avenue was that we're going to come here and, and just humbly follow our calling and God's going to, it's going to be a, a long, patient walk with the Lord and with this church to see yeah. it, to, but, but either way to bring about what God's calling us to do. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what we've seen. So yeah. we haven't seen big explosive growth. People, some people see that, like some people's yeah. churches are planted or revitalized and it takes off yep. and you're not a bad pastor if you have that or if you don't have that. Right. I mean, and other people, they go at it for seven, eight, 12 years and then, then they're an overnight success. Then it's like that's a good call. Yeah, people that live in Nashville and they're like nobody knows them, but they yeah. have a big song. But they're like, we've been doing it forever. Yeah, that can happen in a church. Yeah. So basically, the the quote that I've, I think it originally with Bill Gates, but I've heard people talk about it is, don't overestimate what you can do in one year, mm. but also don't underestimate what you can accomplish within five years. Yeah. So I think that's what we can tend to do, and and maybe you're in our boat, or maybe you're considering going into ministry and or you're in seminary or you're a young pastor, young leader in the church, a lot of times we can get critical or we can get upset or we can feel like we, we feel like if we were just going to lead blah, 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 we can lead this church, we can do all these things and we can overestimate what could be accomplished. Mm-hmm. But um, if you stick to it and you work it out, you'll see areas of growth and but it'll take, it'll take a, a longer mm-hmm. period of time. But we can also underestimate what God can do with us in five years. Yeah. So let's talk through some of those growth, yeah. growing pains and, and ways that we have grown, things that we have seen growth, even though we haven't seen this giant, like, you know, packed Explosion. out 10 services situation. Going well, we on. are growing. We are growing. Yeah. Uh, and we're growing on God's timing and it's been cool to see uh, families come and sad to see families go, but that's just part of the process, part of the process that God's bringing us through. You know what? It, those it's, times. it's part of pruning yeah. too. I, I, I was listen to a podcast with my wife of some things that she she has different podcasts that at least she listens to but anyway one thing that emily shared with me from that podcast was one thing that stuck out to her was that sometimes god prunes not only the dead branches but he prunes branches that are alive mm-hmm. for better for better future growth sometimes he does take away people that are families uh, that are actually good 
living advocates in your church. He takes away healthy members sometimes, mm-hmm. and those that hurts, and yeah. that's painful and it's confusing. But you know, it's all part of the pruning process for to prepare you for what God's called you and your church to be in the future. But let's go ahead and break th- break down some of the ways yeah. that we feel like we've seen God great. grow us. So one way, the first way is he's grown us um, to be more intergenerational or multi-generational. Okay, yeah, for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. People say multi-generational because they say there's multiple generations. And yeah. Some people say intergenerational because they talk about, well, those generations are not just there, but they're, they're connected together. Yeah. So um, when we first got here, this had been, it had a lot of the younger families, well, the people that had, well, the founding people had kind of grown up and become grandparents. Yeah. And all the children and grandchildren had moved away or picked different churches or whatever. They moved away from this church. And so yeah. what was left was pr- primarily senior adults mm-hmm. and a few and a handful of kind of middle-aged people yeah. that had found a church home here. But not a lot of children yeah. or any children, really. <laughs> I mean, just a couple. Right. Handful. So, uh, Philip, what happened last week? Oh, last week. Uh, last week at church, we had seven babies, um, yeah. seven families come up and bring their babies to be dedicated, and de- uh, and the families dedicated their lives to raise those babies up in our church. It was just really cool. Seven yeah, you were babies. a part of that. I was a part of that. Yeah. My little uh, two-and-a-half, almost three-month-old baby. It was cool. So was to go awesome from to a church there. with, like, no babies, maybe, mm-hmm. like, one, if any, I don't know. <laughs> like, seriously, my son was the only child in his class and my yeah. daughter was in her class with one other kid when mm-hmm. we got here to go from that to this past sunday where we had seven different families each cool. with a baby that's being that they're dedicating to the lord for discipleship and asking the church to come alongside them with discipleship of those children that's a huge that's a huge deal yeah that's pretty awesome that is awesome and i heard um that there were some of our senior adults who have been serving in this church for so many years were just wisp- were talking about <laughs> this one guy was telling me that this other guy who's always holding the doors open he's always there ushering and welcoming and um a guy i met with last night said that, that this other guy came kept coming up to him like three times last sunday and said did you see all the babies <laughs> you, can you see all the ch- look at all the children and he was just so pumped that our church was filled with babies and children Babies on stage for the dedication, babies making noises during the service, kids running around after the service. That's, I mean, that's a huge shift in our church. Yeah. Now we haven't like, again, we're not like having grown by doubling our size or whatever, or even, you know, we haven't uh, had a 50% growth, but we are growing. We've had yeah. some loss and we have, we've had some growth, mm-hmm. but what we're seeing is a healthier mix that reflects our community. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you got to have if you want to grow as a church. Uh, your church needs to reflect the community. It was really awesome. Uh, just a testimony from a guy who, who he's a pretty good friend of, pretty good friend of ours. Um, <laughs> he said that when he first got here, he, uh, he had, he was new to the area. He was looking for a church. He had seen us on the internet and he came to the church and he was like, it's so awesome to be at a church where there are young people. And there were still not that many young people at that time. Yeah, but I, I, I looked around and I was like, okay, well, I'm glad you think there's young people here. <laughs> but seriously, like he came a yeah. year ago when there wasn't half of those families that we talked about with yeah. their kids. Like, And he still, he saw the growth before we saw it because I yeah. think pastors, ministers can look at the negative, honestly. Yeah. Mm. We can look at the ways we're not growing. 
and we can instead of being excited about the families that that are here. in ways that we have grown well yeah. we're not growing our expectations again going back to like underestimating if if we think that it's, we're not on the right track for as seeing the growth that we expected yeah then maybe we won't celebrate the growth that we actually are having yeah so this guy saw it he was yeah like, there's so there's young young people here so he got married brought his wife and mm-hmm. they're part of our church now because he found our church and thought there was young people, young people. Who, and and so now they're there's some of the young people at our church and more young people come in and go oh there's young people here and so there's a there's a there's a, there's a growth there and i'm not saying we want all pe- people from all generations absolutely um but that's just one instance that's really cool to see. Um, yeah, and I want to even kind of preface the whole growth thing by saying that, again, dif- different people have different perspectives. So I remember serving at a church where on one Sunday I heard, man, this church is, this church is a lot smaller than what I'm used to mm-hmm. from one student. And then the next Sunday a student came in and he was like, I'm really struggling because this church is so big. Yeah. It's so much bigger than what I'm used to. Yeah. And it's like you're dealing with people from two different perspectives mm-hmm. who, you know, so for a lot of people, our church might be a big church to them. Yeah. And uh, so for Philip and my background, probably it's a small on the smaller end. Yeah. Or midsize. Probably midsize. Small to midsize. Yeah. But relative to our community, it should be, we believe the growth, the potential for growth is so much yeah. lar- larger. And that's probably why it for people with our personalities, we're like, let's yeah. get it. Let's get it going. Yeah. You know, we got to reach more people because there's tens of thousands of people in our community. Yeah. I mean, that are lost. Yeah. That's so when we, upon coming down here, uh, you didn't, uh, the personnel committee and you, you guys didn't sell it to me. Like we're a huge church and you guys weren't trying to try to sell it or anything. Um, but I could see, uh, that this community, this community was diverse and that this church had, is right in the middle and had the potential to grow, um, and, and had the potential to be what I was seeing in the community. So, um, we're here. And so I, I kind of came in, like you were talking about with those high expectations in the first year. Uh, and I've been here over a year now. Um, and, and we've seen, we've seen growth. Uh, I just don't, and I, I really like that quote. I'm glad you used that quote. Don't, don't overestimate what you can do in a year and then don't underestimate what you can do in five years. So, uh, it's been cool to see the growth here. And you, you kind of said <clears throat> when you, when you first came in, you can, we're kind of hoping for like the explosion. Uh, but you'd kind of, you'd kind of told me when, when you came in, you're like, okay, we've been pushing a car up a hill for a while and it finally just started to budge. And so you're coming in and we're still, we're, we still, we've got a little bit of momentum. Well, now a year later, I feel like we've gotten, we're we've rolling. gotten rolling. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten rolling and that's cool. Yeah. In the growth department. And going back to like, the main thing is that we need to reflect our community. We need to reach Mm -hmm. our community. So that's why we want to grow. I I think church, some people say, well, churches don't need to grow. Churches can grow spiritually. Well, yes, they should grow spiritually, but all healthy living things grow. Right. And so I think that all people should be committed to growing as the church because we know that Jesus is growing his church. Mm -hmm. He wants to build his church and he's called us to be missionaries in our community, community to be a light to this world, so that we can, mm-hmm. a, we can, um, so that people can see Jesus through us and they can be attracted to Him. Yeah. So, so growth is a healthy thing, and yeah. I think it's a positive expectation. It just might you curb our expectations to some degree, and sometimes right. God just opens up and f- overflows, and yeah, you just want to be prepared to let God move you. Right, for sure. 
Uh, so talking about reflecting our community uh, and, and growing in that aspect. Uh, there's a, So we've talked about being multi-generational, uh, but there's also another part of the, the church and another part of the body that needs to reflect the community, and that's the multicultural, multi-ethnic um, church. Uh, that's super important. If you're gonna, <clears throat> you're not gonna, you're not gonna grow. And I had heard this put pretty harshly, actually, at a, at a recent conference we went to. They were like, "If you don't reflect the community, you're not gonna grow. You're gonna die." And I was like, "I mean, that's true." But they were they were pretty intense about Man. it. <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing people push that push yeah. that as well. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot of leaders are saying. They're saying just that. If, I mean, if yeah. you're if you're not reflecting or willing to reflect or mm-hmm. desiring to reach the people in your area, yeah, and, to re- and reflect that, reflect those the people that are in your area, then yeah, you will die. You're mm-hmm. going to hold on to what you have until you die off. Yeah, and for you, sure. You're not reproducing yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're not reproducing yourself in your community, reaching other people. So really, if but if 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 your community is not really diverse, yeah the community that surrounds your church is not diverse, then your church really shouldn't, it, you shouldn't yeah. be, you, you can't expect, you can't have like, our, our church should be completely multicultural and multi-ethnic. If your community is not, if it's right. monolithic, it's probably going to reflect right. whatever that cultural, the common culture that is surrounding your church. Right. With us, we live in Houston. Houston's the most diverse city in the country. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that we work yeah, in a place awesome. that kind of reflects heaven. Mm-hmm. What, what, what I would think would would look like heaven is, yeah. to some degree. And um, around us, there is a lot more diversity than what we have seen in our church. Yeah, for sure. But, and we are seeing significant growth mm-hmm. in the diversity department. Yeah. And it's not something to where we are um, being preferential. I just think it's a natural byproduct of right. sharing the gospel and, yeah, and for sure. being intentional about wel- be welcoming and loving no matter what people look like. And, or... or- and well, no matter what people look like, and this is an important distinction, no matter how they worship or no matter how, um, what, I guess, what they dress like or what food they drink or what they smell like. What I mean, what they food drink? they drink, what food they eat <laughs> or what they smell like. Because, I mean, smell like. I'm, I'm being honest there. I mean, there's just different things culturally that are different. I mean, we, re- we were reading a book when I first got here uh, by J.D. Greer, uh, Gaining by Losing, I think that's yeah. what it was called. And he, and he was saying, like, if you're going to be a multicultural church, if you're truly going to be, be that you have to be okay with not you don't want to everybody you don't want everybody to just look different you have to know there's going to be some different styles of worship and there's going to be some different styles of of stuff going i mean people have different stuff going on as long as you keep Jesus number 1 yeah it's pretty awesome so i point that out to say that we are growing in that way and we've gotten some people who do things i mean who do things a little bit different and i'm the youth minister and I'm, I feel like I'm going on a tangent right now, but I'm the youth minister. Oh, and, there's so much to say about it. And I'm the youth minister, and we've got a lot of Hispanic youth right now that go to our Hispanic meeting congregation uh, that come together on, on Wednesday night, and we're trying to establish a unity between the oh, Spanish-speaking yeah. and the non-speaking, non-Spanish-speaking non youth there. And there's so much to talk about this, but, yeah, let's just hit on the, our Spanish ministry. One, yeah. I was most excited that we had a Spanish-speaking ministry. We yeah. call it Hispanic ministry. We call it... Spanish language ministry. Yeah. Um, but when I got here, they were calling themselves the Hispanic congregation. Yeah. And we were the Anglo congregation. Yeah. And I, man, it did not sit well. It was odd. It did not sit well with me. And um, it was there. It was still being. I was still being called Anglo when I got here, and I was like, I'm not. You're like, 
well, my dad's black. <laughs> my, mom's, my mom's white. I'm so, just, I mean, how does that? I'm not okay. Really, somebody called you a gringo today, too, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, what? Anyway, people are confused. But it, but what we what we were seeing is we were seeing that there was like disunity mm-hmm. and there was confusion about where we stand and if we're one church or separate churches or if we're together or not. And so the great, one of the greatest areas of growth I've seen, I told this to our leadership last night. I said, when I came here, everybody was arguing about communication saying, well, you don't communicate well with me. Mm. You don't communicate with me well yeah. with me. If you, we have a communication problem amongst our, our Anglos and our yeah. Hispanics. <laughs> and I was like, have y'all heard that in the last year? And they, everybody in the room in our leadership meeting was like, no. Yeah. From everybody, personal committee, everybody was talking about communication issues. Yeah. And this past year, it's been awesome because yeah. we've seen, we've grown together as a right. church. There's, mm-hmm. and that's taken some time. Yeah. And it's taken some a wake up call from from everybody from different yeah. ethnic groups to realize, hey, you know, we kind of are treating each other differently. Yeah. And there's in Christ, there is no and Jew le- or Greek or Hispanic and legitimately, or this is going to sound super like harsh, but like when when we're doing that, I, that's that's showing the face of the devil. Honestly, I, I truly believe that um, that when we're being selfish in that way, and when we're um, kind of like making ourselves either the supreme or the or or the Lord over another race or whatever, I, I think that's truly um, our sin nature coming out right mm. there. And it's really crazy that when you see it in the politics of the church, you're like, ooh, man, like Satan can get a fit, foothold anywhere. And so um, within well, the last to, year, I mean, Satan's the divider, cool. and yeah. Christ and His Spirit is the uniter, especially in the church. And so, yeah, we. Um, Man, it, it took it took a lot of conversations, a lot of time, and a lot, and, mm-hmm. and it's not finished. It's right. We always have to contend for unity mm-hmm. as leaders in the church. But uh, we, we are seeing that happen. We've seen so much growth um, between our Hispanic ministry and our the rest and the English speaking ministry. You know, you're never going to find true mm-hmm. like complete unity when there's a language barrier. Yeah. There are some legitimate reasons why you may need to have separate services. There yeah. could be ways that you can accommodate for it in translation, mm-hmm. but there's legitimate ways, why, reasons why you might need to be separate in some ways. Yeah. But every opportunity that you can find for unity and togetherness, you know, especially with children, with youth yeah. who speak English, who are more, who are bilingual and their parents are, are not. Yeah. You know, that that's where I think you've been, like you were alluding to earlier, you've seen that growth yeah. amongst your students. So the, the big thing, if I was going to give a tip to anybody who is a youth minister in the situation that I'm in right now, uh, I, I mean, like going to, like not not showing preferences has been, a, has been a big deal. Like going to concerts of our students, whether they're Anglo, quote unquote, Hispanic, whatever, uh, when, I, when I get invited, I try to go. Um, that way, it's not like well, Philip go, always only goes to these people, these people's concerts, or Philip only goes to these people's concerts. I want to support all of them, and so yeah. And I, you know, I would even say, you know, I don't think it's going to hurt anybody's feelings to, yeah. for me to say that. Honestly, there was a sense of defensiveness, yeah, to like, like you know, they're expecting Philip and myself mm-hmm. to be treating the Hispanic kids differently. Yeah, they just assumed sure. that we were like, you're treating, you're doing this, you won't want to come to this, you go. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, they, for, they had good reasons to feel that way, to be yeah. defensive because of pa- the past the past, yeah, or because of co- like another, another culture they live in, but in the kingdom mm-hmm. culture and our church culture, yeah, 
we Philip, you've done a very, very good job of not even making different culturals or different language barriers or whatever mm -hmm. ethnicities an issue. You really have yeah. treated them equally because you look at them as Christ looks at them, right? Uh, yeah, just yeah. You're just being you're just being you. Yeah, I'm just they're they're just kids, you know. So um, God sent me here to be their youth minister and show them a godly example of a of a man and um treat them like they need jesus all the time because because they right. do and so do i and we all need him you know we've we've um so yeah when we look out in our congregation when i look out and we, even on the stage for the baby dedication yeah i mean there was it hispanic was families there's like african families like literally people it's from great. africa that were yeah. on stage <laughs> there were um you know biracial interracial um families on yeah. stage and so i mean i hesitate to make a big deal out of all that right like, and be like oh so awesome because but but in reality it, it is a, because you you don't want to be quote-unquote divisive but at the same time it is a big deal it, you know it is a pretty awesome <laughs> way that just to show just to show growth i mean mm -hmm. i had a there's a a couple who's the husband's white the wife is black and they have a blended family and they were engaged and they were pregnant and they came to our church and, and anyway, one of the biggest things was they saw, they were, they just went home and posted online after we had spent time with them, had lunch with them. They said, we found a church where there is no judgment. Mm -hmm. And we're, I was like, man, that's a, such a great feeling that, yeah. that they walked away with no kind of judgment, even though I would have never thought that, but they, they were sensitive to it and yeah. they have found a welcoming place. And, where we were able to walk through them through counseling and and got them married, got baptized their family, and they've since had um, a new little baby boy who's going to grow yeah. up to know Jesus and mm -hmm. go grow up in a multi ethnic, multicultural, multi generational church. That reflects the community. It's yeah, pretty it's pretty awesome. awesome. Reflects the community, reflects heaven. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm just cheesing right now because because <laughs> I think it's awesome. So those are some ways that we've seen growth. Um, again, we, we need to reflect the community. We've seen growth with our, with the way that we've been able to be in the community and the yeah. community recognizing us and seeing us. Uh, I have a Pakistani neighbor mm -hmm. who's lived here for 25 years in this area. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to know him, I told him, you know, what church I worked at and everything. He's like, Oh, I thought that, I thought that church was closed down like, <laughs> or I didn't know I haven't seen anything happen and so like uh, we put up we finally had some new signs with a new logo and we had some different events happening a block party and some different stuff that was happening in our community and one day I saw my neighbor walk into his mailbox and he's and I was walking to mine he like my Pakistani neighbor who's not a Christian ran up to me and was like yeah hey Pastor Matthew I saw the I saw your new signs I saw the event happening and you're in your um field and wow that's the that's the first sign of life i've seen in 25 years at your <laughs> church and i was like well it's kind of wow, sad that you know sad. That his perspective but that's pretty exciting yeah that the community is seeing something mm -hmm. happen outside the walls yeah. and um we've made we've made headway with with different schools elementary schools different organizations and uh, partnerships that we've been able to make with you know from our church and from our food yeah. pantry and it's been cool to see the community we've really yeah. kind of grown as far as be, being a part of our community. Yeah. Like I, I'll, I'll agree when I got here the first year, I mean, there's some, there's some 
it's hard sometimes to let's be real as as a pastor or a minister um, to. So we had a there's a sports camp that each church is kind of involved with, um, and some churches send representatives, and some churches bring their pastors or whatever. Uh, and we, you and I went personally, um, and we brought some volunteers as well. But we went personally, and like every day for a week, pretty much weren't able to be in the office and just playing foot like teaching football to kids. Uh, it was that's it was amazing. It was it was hard because you don't want to be in the office. You want to get all of your daily work done. Uh, but it was awesome just being in, in the community, and we've we've seen um, some some growth from that. We've seen kids come right after that. Kids came to VBS. Um, and then also kids come into our Wacky Wednesday, which is a Wednesday night thing. And even some talking about coming to youth. We've seen people come in from that and people kind of recognize uh, that we're at Clear Lake Baptist and Clear Lake Baptist is in the community now. Um, we've had other things as well, like American Ninja Warrior Night and Fall Fun Festival. And every time they come, they're like, oh, you were the coach. What? So like when we did American Ninja Warrior Night, they're like, you were the coach for football. And I'm like, yeah, I was a coach for football. And it, it's, it's just cool. Uh, being in the community that way and seeing like the the community starting to draw close, it was kind of like we were holding them at a distance at some point before, and then now now it's like the community starting to draw close. Yeah, and when you spend again, again you can't you can't accomplish those things in one year. But yeah. when you spend five years somewhere, yeah, then that kid that you played football with is now going to be a youth, mm-hmm. and when you have an interaction with him, he's going to be like, man, you've been in my life for five years. Actually, yeah. I'm, I'm like I've known you, I've seen you at least once or twice a year for five years, and yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to hear what you have to say. Or I'm going to come mm-hmm. to this because I know him. Yeah. And the families get more comfortable with you. The community becomes more comfortable with you. And it's just yeah. there's things that snowball effect, or the the yeah. you start rolling, and things things begin to work when you are when you stay for a while. That's a that's a that's a good tip. It's a good tip for staying. Uh, that's a, when I was coming here. You were I, I don't know. I keep like I feel like there's a lot of things I want to say about this. But when I first came here, you were like they've had a lot they've had a lot of youth ministers. Uh, every year they get a new youth minister because the youth minister is gone, pretty much. They had had kids last last year who graduated who had seven youth ministers in their seven t- seven years in youth ministry, and uh, I was like, how can you even establish any kind of consistency that way? How can you establish some trust? Even it was to the point where I asked one of them last year. I said, uh, how long did it take you guys? To, I asked the seniors, how long did it take you guys to where you tr- trusted me? You can be real with me. You're about to graduate. Um, and they were, a lot of them said a while, like six months, a uh, couple, couple months ago, we, I finally was like, yeah, they're here for it. And one of them like looked at me dead, dead face and was like, I still don't trust you. And so like, that's some, that's some hurt and some issue that's happened. And that can cause, that can strangle, strangle growth that, um, could have happened like spiritual growth and numbers. Um, why is this kid going to invite another kid whenever they, there's no consistency for themselves, you know, um, when they don't believe when they don't trust in what's happening uh, and so the consistency of being here uh i've i haven't gotten i've only been here a year i haven't gotten to see see it in for, in full fruition yet but um but, but i have seen the aftermath of the wrong way mm-hmm. and so yeah i'm just we're looking you're looking forward to it i'm looking you're forward to it, it. Yeah. you're seeing it to the beginning of it but you're, yeah. you're looking for dude you've earned all kinds of respect and um yeah, I, as far as from those youth and parents you, i think in a very short amount of time you've earned a lot of um capital i don't even know what the right words are <laughs> favor um yeah. trust with parents and with uh, across the ministry lines and and with different people i guess from 
in so many different ways in this church. It's, well, I can, been, it's been awesome to see. I mean, I can say the same thing about you. You've been here two and a half years now, uh, and like all the, uh, all of our like congregation, like they they feel like they can trust you now. They have you over. We we just went over to a lady's house because last year you invited her over to your house. You invited the senior adult ministry over to their house, over to your house, for a Christmas party. And they felt so bad because they love you, and they felt so bad that they didn't invite you to their house for the Christmas party because her house was kind of small, and so she she didn't uh, feel like she could accommodate. And my kids are crazy. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but she felt so bad, and so they they, they love and they trust you. Um, and this is even a person who's only here six months out of the year, so I can just imagine snowbirds. They are snowbirds. If I could just imagine. Um, what other people are thinking. So, yeah, I'd say one, say one other area of growth. Yeah. Is, um, the gospel growth, baptism growth, people accepting Christ and and being baptized. We did our, we do our annual church profile, which (laughs) is something we kind of, we report denominationally. And so, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I, I pulled that from since 1968. So this, this next year will be our 50th anniversary. So I was pulling those demographics, getting different things together to celebrate that as a church. And uh, one thing I saw was the most recorded baptisms has been tw- was 25. Yeah, wow. And uh, in this year, after this Sunday, when we baptize two people on Sunday, we're going to have 25 people that we've baptized this Sunday. So wow. in the course of our history... We hit it. We, <laughs> we've baptized the most that we've had in, in the course of our history. Our, we, we've tied. Yeah, Maybe we've God tied. will provide one more, but it's not Maybe. about that. <laughs> Maybe. But it's pretty awesome to see that, that gospel growth. I mean, we were having, you know, zero to five baptisms probably. Yeah. You know, every year. And, and yeah. probably even less than that, less than wow, five. You know, more like zero to five. This past year has been 25. 25 this past year, man. So it's not about that, but I've seen that. It is about that, but it's not about that. You know, you're not yeah. going to get it all the time. Like in your first year, maybe you will, maybe you won't. And, mm-hmm. and it's not about us. It's about this, the movement of God. But I think that is a sign to look towards. Like I remember when I was doing college ministry, Yeah, I was in the same place in Tennessee for six, six years. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until year like four three, four, more like four, five, and six, basically. Yeah. We were baptizing kids, like students, every year, connecting the local churches and yeah. baptizing them and seeing all that, like, gospel fruit of people coming to know Christ and everything was happening more yeah. after year three and four. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't happening. I mean, we were, we, were, we were building it and growing it, doing all the right things, discipling people for the first few years, but it really wasn't until year three, four, and five that we, we start seeing, you know, Dozens of people going on missions, dozens of people coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's all. It was awesome. It was, That's what we expect to yeah. see. Expect to see here, but it takes time. But those are yeah. those are some indicators of growth that we want to share with you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just want to share with you guys. We got to wrap it up. Um, that's that's all we got for you for episode three of Millennial Pastor, the episode on growth. I'm gonna get off here, but you can find me on Facebook, Philip Gant. You can find our page on Facebook, Millennial Pastor. You can find our pastor, John Aaron Matthew. Um, at J.A. Matthew. At J.A. Matthew. On Twitter and on Facebook. Yeah. And I'm at Phil Extravagant. Uh, as we get off here, I'm going to make some calls and see if see if anybody else wants to be baptized. See if we can beat that record. <laughs> Dude, we got to get one more. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, send us some feedback. Let us know what you guys yeah, are thinking. Yeah, put it on we the page. We want to interact with y'all. Yeah. And so maybe we'll be posting some questions um, 
let us know some things some some topics you want to hear about in the future yeah we, we really want to this whole podcast is about encouraging the next generation of leaders and so again we just want to say that we're we're excited for you we're excited for your churches we're excited for the next generation of leaders to lead our churches to fulfill the great commission